welcome to Michael Cook as he comes to bring the word of God today. Woohoo! I love you. Appreciate that. Yes, you are. <laughs> Two years ago tomorrow, on the backside of a mountain, thank you for that. <laughs> that was perfect timing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, <laughs> that was perfect. I don't know if that wasn't designed or, or planned, but I, I'm grateful for that. <clears throat> on the backside of a mountain in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, um, I laid in a room dark, dark room, completely broken, contrite, had lost everything that this earth could afford right. for the second time. And I distinctly remember telling the Lord, okay, Lord, I give up. I completely give up. I surrender. And I told him, this was about 3 o'clock in the morning, by the way. And it was an institution called Penile, right. where you wrestle with the Lord. That's right. <clears throat> and I told him, I said, okay, God, you know what? I give up. I surrender. Whatever, wherever, whomever you have for me the rest of my life. That's what I want. I don't want anything else. I don't want anything that I would want for the rest of my life. I only want what you have for me, period. And at that moment, when I did and said that, and in true sincerity, he wholeheartedly surrendered. The Lord, <laughs> audibly, whispered loudly two words. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this uh, opportunity. I thank you, Father, that your mercy and grace is fresh and new yes. every morning. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, yes. for he felt your presence this morning. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would say the things that I can't say. Yes. They would hear the things that I don't say. Yes. I pray, Father, that you are in control. This is your room, Holy Spirit. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Sorry. Got to be able to see my paper. <clears throat> I'm going to speak a little bit today about um, looking it in the eye. And as a text, I want to go to uh, start off with Matthew 6, 6, 22, 23. I want to start there. <clears throat> I'll let you get there. I can find it myself. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body, somebody say your whole body, your whole body. will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body, somebody say your whole body, your whole body. will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And I want to slide over and give you one more passage to chew on for a minute. And I'll give you a second. It's in 1 John uh, 1, 5 through 9. 1 John, it's towards Revelation. Everybody's wondering. 
It's on the back side of the Bible. <clears throat> okay, if, you, if you're there, say amen. Amen. All right, walking in the light. This is a message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When God audibly spoke the two words to me at Peniel, it scared me to death. Because those two words didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. See, I'm the, I was the black sheep of the cook boys. I was the one that uh, did his own thing. Um, some good, some bad, but I ran and did my own thing for many, many years. And it scared me because what God had said to me audibly. And what's crazy is I've heard people through my life or heard pastors preach and say, you know what? God spoke audibly. And I typically would be the one going, I tell you what, give him my phone number because I'd love to hear from him. Right. <laughs> it, it was kind of like, you got to be kidding me. You've heard audibly from the Lord. That's fantastic. Number one, I don't believe you. I don't, honestly. I'm just being very transparent. But the second part of it is I'd love to hear from him myself. Right. Never thinking that in a million years that the Lord would say, and it was a whisper. It was one of those times where it's like, Lisa, very, really loud. It was a yell whisper. I call it a yell whisper. You know, we try to get somebody's attention in church, but you don't know, know you're talking to them. Right. And you do that, and it's a, it's a yell whisper. A yell whisper. Well, what's, what's crazy is I was laying in a bunk in a facility for alcohol and drug substance right. abuse. Right. So I typically, and from my army days, slept with one eye open for obvious reasons, right? Um, it scared me. I thought, oh, my gosh, is somebody in the bunk with me? It's, it terrified me. Literally, I jumped and thought. And then, but what the two words were, it was like, okay, there's no way, but I know that no one was in the room that even knew what that meant, those two words. So I knew it had to come from the Lord. I actually kind of blew it off a little bit because... <laughs> There's, it, there's no way that the Lord would offer something to me that was so precious and so wonderful. So I went to my counselor, and I said, hey, Mr. Cooper, not hanging with Mr. Cooper. His name's literally Mr. Cooper. <laughs> but <laughs> I said, Mr. Mr. Cooper, you're not going to believe this. Within a couple of days, I said, this is what's happened to me. And he just kind of looked at me, and he said, well, what's the problem with that? And then I began to describe the whole scenario. And I just was overwhelmed at his level of laughter. Now, I'm sitting across the desk from this guy. He's about six foot four. We worked out together, and he probably lifted at least 150 pounds more on bench tonight. He's a, he's a, I mean, he's a man's man, right? And I thought to myself, if you keep laughing, I'm going to come across this desk at you. You know? And I asked him, I said, why are you laughing? I don't understand why you're, this is so humorous to you. Because it's not humorous to me because there's no way I'm either nuts, you know, or this is really the Lord. This was really the Lord. You know, I, I always knew in my life that the Lord can do something for you, Mish, or you, Pastor, or my dad, 
or my son, but not for me. Not, but not where the places that I've been. Not the things that I've done. Not for me. But as his laughter continued, and he, he got to know my personality type pretty, pretty well, he said, uh, I said, and I asked him, why are you laughing? And he, he kept saying, he said, well, that's just something exactly that God would do. Yeah. And it is that moment that I realized that God wanted me to look in the eye and see that he's real for me. That's good. It wasn't just for you, Matthew, or for anybody else, or the perfect, wonderful saint that has never done anything wrong in theory or on the surface. It was real for me, being a preacher's kid of, at that time, 46 years. I, got, I became the master, or like to think I mastered, throwing the skin on on Sunday morning and presenting what I needed to present. But then Wednesday night, ladies' night came along. Friday night came along. And where was I? Right back where Satan wanted me to stay. And I, I always felt like that I was never redeemable. There was something, there was no quality about me that I could actually do something for the kingdom. He wanted me to look at me, I know he's real. He wanted me to look at a lot of other things. Yes, I was there for alcohol abuse. I did abuse alcohol a lot because the, the things that I was doing, I couldn't do consciously. Right. Because of, thank God, my heritage of my incredible mother, my father. See, I lost my, my dad January 26th of 2020, about seven months before I decided to go to Penile. And on his last breath, I told him, again, remind you that I was the black sheep. I did all the things that, you know, I was the first one to ever enter a substance abuse place or facility. I was the first one to be divorced of four brothers. It was a scarlet letter. And I almost reveled in it. I almost reveled in that place because it was safe and it was normal and it was easy for me to be that. What I was almost labeled myself as the black sheep, and it was easy for me just to stay there. But the Lord wanted me to know that <laughs> he did love me, and he's real for me as well. But I promised my father's last breath, I promised him, I said, Dad, I will be a good man. And that's the reason why I went to Penile, to try to work through those things. But I, I went to Penile for the obvious, which was substance abuse, or not really substance, alcohol. I mean, I went for alcohol. I was a binge drinker. That type of thing is what I did. I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't go out on weekends without binging because I didn't want to do it. Right. But I did want to do it. Right, right. My flesh, the whole flesh, you know, the whole flesh, spirit man thing. Yeah, the, my flesh went out a whole lot. And Dad used to always preach and speak and say, you know, son, or to this church, sin will take you places you don't want to go. That's right. Never thought you'd go. Mm -hmm. Make you stay a whole lot longer yeah. than you want to stay yeah. and cost you a whole lot more than you ever want to pay. And it's exactly my life. That's exactly what it was. But it took me to a place where God said, look, we're shutting you down. So back to Mr. Cooper. I share with him. He's laughing. He says, that's exactly something God would do. And I had a journal through my journey at Penile. And I, my mother gave it to me when she dropped me off. She said, journal everything, son. The Lord is going to do a mighty work. Hallelujah. And I did. I didn't want to journal that, though. 
what the Lord spoke to me. Because I thought, if, in fact, when I did journal, I thought, I pray to God no one ever reads this. Because they will think I'm absolutely crazy. And I meant it because it was crazy. <laughs> and when it came to light, there were several that thought, okay, that's really either really good, good one, Mike, or that's got to be the Lord. Um, but I didn't want to journal it. And he encouraged me and said, Mike, Michael, they started calling me Michael, you need to journal that. And I belabored a couple of days thinking, nah, nah, but I did. And uh, I began to pray about those two words and asking God to prepare my heart. Sorry. And prepare her heart. It's crazy, Pam. I was reading, you know the place, you know the cafeteria, whose names are the cafeteria? Perry Stone. I was reading, it was really entrenched, and I really wanted to study the Holy Spirit. So I went to the library, and I got every book I could find on the Holy Spirit. I didn't care who wrote it. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to absorb and suck in the Holy Spirit as much as I possibly could because I figured if I'm going to be here, I need to get in the Word. I'm locked in these, I'm locked in these four and five doors. I, got, I want to find the Lord. <laughs> Shortly after the Lord spoke and whispered, Lisa Willis in my ear, audibly. It was crazy. See, I had known Lisa for 30 years, knew Tommy, good friends with Tommy, her husband, he passed five years ago. See, Lisa's life, the 30 years that I've known, has been one that uh, rivals my mother's walk with Christ. Right. There's no reason in the world she would ever have anything to do with me. And unfortunately, because of she was so close to our family, probably knew some part of this guy's life. What in the world would she want anything to do with a guy like me? But the Lord said, hey, I'm real. You can trust me. I'm real. Real for you. So I began to pray for God prepare my heart. And God, if this is you, please, dear God in heaven, please prepare her heart. She's going to need preparation a whole lot more than this guy. I would just be in awe to be in her presence, let alone for her to be like, hey, how you doing? You know, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't something that I thought would, would just happen, right? So I came, uh, uh, and Pam, I referenced you. I read Perry's book on the Holy Spirit. And he referenced how he got up to speak. Shortly after, the Holy Spirit spoke Lisa's name in my, in my ear. And he spoke about how he got up to preach and he rebuked Satan. He rebuked him. He said, get there behind me, Satan. So you're going to marry the woman in the blue dress? Blue or black? I can't remember. Blue. Blue dress. And he's like, get there behind me, Satan. I'm about to bring the word. What's going on here? I can't bring the word and be checking out this lady in the second row. What's going on? <laughs> And, and it's in his book, so I'm not, it's not like Perry, I mean, he's not here, but it's in his book. But then he says, you know, hey, at that point in time, I think he was engaged as well. Right. Um, and he's really going to get you behind me, Satan, of course, right? <laughs> or, Lord, what is, what is he thinking at that moment? My God, bless his heart. Um, sorry, <laughs> that, that was no, so not in here, but you're sitting right beside Lisa, so it's kind of hard for me not to, yes. you know, <laughs> it's like, hello, there you are, Leon Letters. But, um, but I, had read, I had read three or four, and I got to Perry's. Shortly after the Lord has said, Lisa, and it gave me hope that it was real. Amen. It wasn't me 
It was genuine. It was real. It was, it was for me. The lure is for me. So I began to pray. For eight months, I pray every day. God, please prepare Lisa's heart. Please prepare her heart. Prepare mine. Prepare her more. Like I said, a lot more. And I got, I came home. I started to say I got out. That sounds really bad, doesn't it? <laughs> 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 well, and unfortunately, quite frankly, it was like kind of what it felt like. Um, seven, I was there seven months, and I felt the Lord release me, um, and I came home to Mama's house. Um, not a penny in the bank. Not, I don't have a car, don't have a dollar to my name, don't have a job, but Lisa Willis. God spoke Lisa Willis. So I've been in the restaurant business all my life, so I automatically just fire out resumes, think, okay, Lord, I'm free as a bird, and, and I'm going to go wherever you want me to go. I don't care whatever, wherever, whomever you've got. That's what I want, God. So I plastered resumes out, and there was this really amazing, cool opportunity in Missoula, Montana that I wanted. I wanted. I wanted. I'm a mountain guy. I love to ride horses. I, I so wanted to be in Missoula. So... I mean, we get in negotiations, and a guy pretty much, he offers me the job as a president's, as a president's position of a small franchise of Taco Bell. I don't care what the, really what it is. I just want to, in my mind, I'm buying a fifth wheel, and I'm going to put it on some ranch someplace, and I'm going to ride horses with Yellowstone people. You know, that's what I'm going to do. That's, that's where I'm at in my head, right? Well, I had, like I told you, I plastered several resumes out there, and I got an um, interest from a company in Charlotte. And I thought, I don't really like Charlotte at all. I like the mountains, God. Um, but then I immediately went to, for years, I had wanted to visit Elevation. Yeah. This isn't an Elevation plug. Tr trust me, it's not. There's enough of that going on. But uh, I wanted, I love the worship. I love the worship. I thought, you know what, God, all I care about is whatever you want me to do, wherever it is, I'm there, I'm down. So I get an offer in Charlotte. So I take it. Okay, I'm there. I tell the Missoula guy, look, I appreciate it. And there was a godly man in Missoula. It was great. He was Christian folks. I was going to go to their church. It was great. But I go to Charlotte. I go to the very first Sunday. And if I get too long, Pastor, give me a hook or punch me or yell at me or throw something at me. Um, unfortunately, you know, I am a church God preacher's kid. I, I started corporate meetings. I say, you know what? You want guys what the good news or bad news? And they, would say, they look at me and I say, well, the good news is, or the bad news is my father was a church God pastor. They're all, ha, ah. I'm like, the good news is I ain't my, father. I ain't my dad. So I'm not going to be long-winded, hopefully, I pray. That, anyway, that's, it worked better in the corporate world. But anyway, um, um, <laughs> so I, I, I go to Charlotte, and I go to Elevation the first Sunday, and it is, I had been had a, sp a specific song in my spirit for several weeks leading up to that. And the second song, boom, there it is. And I'm thinking, okay, the Lord, that was a nice kiss. I appreciate it. I'm sending videos to my family. And, man, this is incredible, you know. Um, it's a wonderful service. It was amazing. God gave me a big hug and kiss. It looked, son, you're exactly where I want you to be, which was confirmation for me that I didn't need to be on horseback with Kevin Costner somewhere in Montana, <laughs> which I would have loved to have done. But anyway, um, so second Saturday, I go, to the, I go to start my new job. It's blasé, really. It wasn't anything to write home to mom about, but it's a paycheck. So I, Saturday, the following Saturday, I, I have this overwhelming desire not to go to elevation. And I call mom. I mean, you know, I'm the, you know, mom, I don't know what's going on. I don't want to go to elevation. But she's like, what's wrong with you, Michael? This is, you know, you just moved to Charlotte. And she's thinking, you just left Penile. Track with me. You just left Penile. You moved to Charlotte. You go to elevation one, one week. Now, Saturday night, you didn't want to go. Oh, dear Jesus. Right, right. right? What's going on? I said, no, Mom, I, I feel led to drive to Danville, Virginia. 
I wanted to look it in the eye. I wanted to know, hey, Lord, are you real for me? Really real for me? Been praying for eight months. Are you truly real to me? I needed to go look what the Lord spoke to me. Audibly, again, audibly, spoke those two words to me. I wanted to go, needed to go look it in the eye. Look her in the eye. Now, mind you, I don't know what church she goes to. I know she's on staff at her church. I have to do some legwork. I have to do whatever. So I go to bed thinking, I don't know if I'm going to go or I'm not going to go. But a mom's going after I tell her, go, 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 go. <laughs> she's just thankful I'm going to Danville, not someplace else. I'm sure there was some of that in her heart and mind at that moment. So I wake up the next morning. I'm an early bird, army guy. Um, Six o'clock, I'm in the shower, and that seems to be the place that the Lord does his business with me, and I don't know why, but I'm grateful. Maybe it's just the, the water, the Holy Spirit flowing over. I don't know, but that's what I feel, and that's what I, I'll take it as that. I was praying, Lord, you want me, what do you want me to do? What am I going to do? What, what should I do? Lord, please direct my steps. I don't know what to do, but I know that I want to puke like I do now. <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah, it's been a battle. Um, and I, when I, my, I referenced my father, unfortunately, unfortunately, he, he was, and this may sound silly, but he was my, kind of like my God. Um, I, he pastored and, you know, so wise in the word, I never called upon my heavenly father. Never. Hey, dad, I got this going on. I got that going on. I need some advice, pop. What do you think? And he would say, whatever his counsel was. And he always would say to me, son, you know, you have a Bible. You can take it to the Lord as well. Yes. I said, I know, Dad, but it's just a whole lot easier. Remember the early when I said, if somebody said, spoke audibly, the Lord, give me your phone number. It's just easy. Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. So, but he, when I would call him with a situation or scenario, and I would say, hey, Dad, um, this is what I'm going. I'd lay out the plan of attack, and he, at times, would say, son, uh, sounds to me like you've thought this out very thoroughly. And it's sound. He would say, full speed ahead. Darn the torpedoes, if you will. And I was in the shower and I was deliberating, going, Lord, I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm going to puke if I go, but I really want to go look her in the eye. I, I need to look her in the eye. Now, mind you, I have been wanting to go to LA for two years. I'm stoked. Rah, rah. I mean, I was going to be the janitor. I was going to do whatever. <laughs> Furtick needed. I'm there, right? Um, I heard very clearly the, the Holy Spirit say, full speed ahead, son. Dang the torpedoes. So I decided I'm going. So I get in the car, scared to death, and I drive. This is a part that's kind of, I don't want to be labored too long, but it's, it's a part that you need to hear the way the Holy Spirit orchestrates and does things for you, um, even when, when you surrender your heart and give up um, and do whatever God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I don't care what it is. It may sound crazy. It may feel crazy. You, he might say Lisa Willis. Well, he won't say Lisa Willis in your ear now, but he did for me. He did for me. Um, so I get in the car and I'm driving. I'm almost there to the church. Mom helps me find the church because she had watched some things that Lisa had done. Uh, I get to the church and now this church has got three big parking lots, Josh. I mean, like big, right? So my being an army guy that I am, ah, wow, wow. I, thank you, Lord. Um, um, I wanted to devise a plan. I'm an army guy, so I have a plan in my head, and I'm going to execute that plan 
logistically hold on yards. So I get there, and I had bought her a little figurine. She's a nurse, so I got a little nurse's prayer figurine and all this stuff. So I, uh, I'm thinking I'm going to park as far away as I can, and I'm going to watch her walk in. That sounds kind of stockish, but it really wasn't like that. <laughs> I just wanted to watch her walk in. So then uh, 15 minutes later, I'm thinking I'm going to slip in the back door, sit on the back row, maybe catch a wave across the, across the congregation, and maybe score lunch. That's, that's my hope, right? I'll score lunch. Um, so I'm sitting there, and I'm, of course, I'm listening via Facebook to um, Fertig's text. And his text came from Psalms 119, 126. Yeah. And I'm sitting there watching it, and I, again, paint the picture really well. I'm parked way out there. There's 50 or 60 parking spots really close to the church, really close. There's no, I'm out by myself. And I'm watching the door, watching, listening, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> It says, it is time for the Lord to work. That's, if you read the scripture, that's, what it, that's basically the, the, the behind it. It is time for the Lord to work. And I'm telling you, I'm sitting in the car, and out of left field, there's literally left field, there's a car pulled up beside me. And I'm like, what, 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 what? I think there's no way. So I sit there for, I don't know how long, it felt like three hours, but probably three seconds, and the windows come down, and these course you as well can imagine, it's Lisa. Pulls up beside my car, way far away from the church. And I didn't have something great to say to her, unfortunately. I wish I could like, hit some crazy, awesome one-liner or something. No. I looked at her and I said, why did you park here? <laughs> That's what came out of my mouth. Not like, hey, how are you? It's good to see you. So I had this wonderful plan that, you know, I could be incognito, maybe score lunch, go back to Charlotte mid-afternoon and hope, you know, who knows, maybe spark something. But I wanted to look her in the eye. It was so important to me because I wanted to see if there was something in her eye that would confirm what the Holy Spirit whispered in my ear. And when I looked at her and said that, she just blushed and started giggling, which made me that much worse. <clears throat> so very, very, very long story short, I'm, trying to, I'm really trying to, to bring a message today, Pastor, I promise. Um, we walk, she had her granddaughter with her, wonderful, wonderful little Braylon, Gigi. Um, we walk in the church together. Now, mind you, she's gone to this church for a very long time. Right. Been married to Tommy for 30 years something um you can imagine the uh you walked in with a man you know you could you know it was it was something big right so i i didn't i would walk in it's like look hey take braylon to the nursery i'll go sit someplace i don't want to call i'm not here to i just wanted to get lunch maybe she's like no grab a seat in the back so we sit down and 73 times okay i'm exaggerating <laughs> eight times eight i counted them eight times throughout the service the pastor says look at your neighbor and said whatever Right? So we're sitting beside each other. And I think it was the fourth or fifth time the pastor looks, says, look at your neighbor and, and tell them that, sh that you love them and there's nothing they can do about it. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to crawl under my chair and say, there is no way in the world I'm looking at this woman that I want to tell her that I love her and tell her that. There's no way. So I look at her, and she has got this beaming, I mean, ear-to-ear -ear smile, and she says, I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm like, okay, all right, okay, okay. 
it's hot in here. It's really, really hot. It, it threw me for a, a, a massive loop, as you can imagine. Um, and then she took me, and she kidnapped me for eight hours. Uh, we went to the lunch and dinner, um, dropped me back off, and the thing about it was amazing. Before uh, she dropped me off at 8 o'clock that night, she laid her hands. Actually, I, before the car stopped, I'm jumping out of the car because I am terrified at this point in time, thinking, okay, this has been an amazing first day. I'm thankful, Lord, I've got to get out of here and, and don't want to do anything in any capacity whatsoever for anything to be misinterpreted other than, hey, I just wanted to come say hello. And really, Lisa and I had probably spoken 10 words to each other in 30 years. We didn't know each other at all, but the Holy Spirit knew what, what was going on, right? She says, hey, get back in the car. And I said, okay. So I get back in the car, and she lays her hand on me and prays. I thought, how foreign, foreign for me. Right. Outside of my mother, I had never. Right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. See, most relationships weren't like that for me. I never had a woman pray for me and my children. Um, that was pretty tough. It was pretty amazing, actually. It wasn't tough. It was pretty amazing. So I cried all the way back to Charlotte, and um, then that was April 25th. Well, tomorrow is not just the anniversary of uh, the Lord speaking her name into my ear. Tomorrow is also our first year anniversary. <clears throat> so... Uh, I guess the, big, the biggest thing that I'm, I, I want to share and say to you today um, is in my heart is what is it that you need to look in the eye today? Um, anybody know what the very first thing God, outside of Lisa or Pastor, what the very first thing God said was good? <laughs> that God said was good. Ma'am? What is Eve? I would agree with you, but however, no. <laughs> Light. You heard of Genesis 1, 3. You don't have to turn to it, but it basically says God, God made light, and he said it was good. And then what did he do? He separated the light from yes. the darkness. Yes. Separated light from darkness. And then later on in Matthew 6, it talks about, you know, the whole body's either light or dark. So my question or challenge you today is, um, what is it, that nagging stronghold in your life um, that God wants you to look in the eye? That's been nagging you. I know that when I was in Penile, there were what I thought I was there for. Definitely wasn't all I was there for. He brought a lot of things to me that I needed to look in the eye that were bigger and more grandiose. Some are even smaller that were nagging me. And either I didn't want to deal with them because I was a PK and had to put the face on, but I didn't want to deal with them, like really grab out and deal with that. I could hide it. Well, either your whole body's either light or your whole body's either dark. Period. That's what, it, that's what the word says. So for me, I had to deal with a lot of those things that the Lord wanted me to look in the eye. I'm pretty certain that when David came around the corner to face Goliath, he, he, was, he didn't walk around. He walked around the corner looking him in the eye. Okay, big boy, let's get it on. Let's get it on. Let's deal with whatever it is that's in your heart or your mind today. And also, too, I'd like to challenge and ask you, what is, the, what is the something that the Lord's asked you to do that you need to look in the eye that you don't want to do? It could move a lot, it make a, diff, a lot of changes for a lot of people. Amen. I'm doing something today that I swore all of my life right? I would never do. Uh. Never stand up here and even have any kind of thought process about <laughs> making any kind of pack, impact to the kingdom or, or trying to be used by the Lord. 
I ran so hard away from it, I wouldn't even think about it. And I swore that I would never do it. I would never watch my dad go through hell. And what's amazing, I had hell week this week. I told pastor, so this was one of the worst weeks I've had in a long, long, long time. I was attacked on so many different fronts, I can't begin to tell you. A lot of those same things that I dealt with at Panat right. put the, presented themselves to me this week. And it was tough. It was a very, very tough week. So much so, I had to come home. I said, look, I'm just going home Thursday. I'm out of here. i got to go home. But I guess I'm t I really want to challenge you and ask you, what is it those things? What are those strongholds? What are those things that you don't want to deal with? Whether it be an addiction, whether it be what you look at on the, on the Internet, whatever, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to him. It's just, are you tired of dealing with it and letting it nag you to death? Are you ready to look it in the eye and deal with that, whatever that is for you? Because he's ready to deal with it for you and with you, and he'll stand by you through with it. And he is real for you. There's somebody today that needs to, he is real. Yes. He's not just real for <laughs> Pastor. He's just not real for me. He's not real for, for Pastor Todd. Right. You know, he's not just real for the Sallies right now, Pastor right. preaching and bringing the word to Illinois. He's real for you. It doesn't matter where you've been, it doesn't matter what you've done. I promise you, it does not matter. He is real and legitimate to who you and where you're at, whatever circumstance you're at. He's real, and he will show up strong. Yes. And he's, he, wants you to, he wants you to believe, and he wants you to say, okay, you know what? Let me show you. Let me show you. And he will. He will. It just takes a complete surrender, um, a genuine surrender, not a Sunday surrender, and then try your best on your own ability <laughs> or your own stubbornness to be able to walk it out all week long because you can't do it. That's the reason, one of the reasons why I gave up. Be because of the heritage I had, I felt like I had to be perfect. Well, newsflash, hey, Pastor, you ain't perfect. I ain't perfect. Right. Ain't nobody perfect. Right. Nobody can walk this thing out without Amen. God's help. And you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be obedient and surrender. That's it. Now, I don't know who or what that's for, but the, the Lord has spoken to me. I can't tell you how many times about surrender and obedience yes. and then give it to him and watch him work. And I tell you that, say this, I told you um, 2020, so two years tomorrow, I didn't have a dollar to my name. I didn't have an amazing, God-fearing, unbelievably undeserving me help me. And two short years, a year later removed, I was married to that woman that God spoke. We then, I got to drop this in here, and I'm sorry, I'm a little bit, uh, some of the stuff that didn't go down, I didn't have it put on here, but uh, we married um, a year ago, tomorrow, living in Pineville, and somewhere late, mid-December of last year, <laughs> again, foreign, we're in our townhome in Pineville, North Carolina, having, our, having a worship service reading, praying, that may be normal for you, y'all, but <laughs> I mean, in my lifetime, there was not a whole lot of worship services in my home. <laughs> reading the word, there wasn't a whole lot of that, but we were doing that because whatever, remember, to me, whatever, wherever, whomever, and that's been her heart, that's been her prayer. I can't wait for her to share the other side of this fence because let me tell you something, that side is even more remarkable, but um, we're praying, and the spirit fell in our little townhome in Pineville, and the um, spirit fell on my wife. And she, it, I mean, she, it, it, wait till you, if you haven't met my wife, 
you, 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 let me tell you something. She's a praying woman, and she yes. will she will put her hands on you in yes. the middle of a parking lot or in the middle of wherever and pray, and the Holy Spirit drops. She's going to let everybody know in the round that she don't care. I love that about her. Yes. But the Spirit fell, and the Spirit gave the utterance. And uh, very clearly, just as surefire as I'm standing here right now, just as loudly internally as it was externally for me, the Lord said, church, the harvest. And I audibly said, Lord, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? We're living in Pineville, Pineville North Carolina, Church of the Harvest. It's this honest is God my truth. favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's, here's on the, in the thought process of looking it in the eye, I had to drive, and I'm trying to drive point here, which I didn't do very effectively. However, I had to go look Lisa in the eye. You see, what God said was real. Right. Well, a year that was April 25th, four, four months later. What is it, baby? Yeah, we were married, right? November, late December, God said, church the harvest. So the first Sunday in January, I said, we were in town, and she looked at me. She said, where are we going to church tomorrow? We both knew, but we, didn't, we, didn't, we hadn't talked about it. Where are we going to church tomorrow? And I said, uh, um, and she said, church the harvest. And I said, yes, ma'am. So, so I said, well, here's what I'd like to do if it's okay with you. And she said, I said to her, I'd like to go drive the property and look it in the eye. And we walked, and I'm not telling you that to say anything other than the fact that I just wanted to look in the eye what God had spoke again. Yes, yes. And, and I have fought probably tooth and nail this moment. It's because I value our pastor so much. I value this pulpit. I value who's spoken behind this pulpit. And it terrified me. I could puke now. It terrified me <laughs> since January for this thought process. But I do know this. I feel within my spirit 100% there is an, um, an intense revival coming from Church of Harvest. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. It's Holy Spirit. I think there's going to be um, a lot of souls saved. There's going to be a lot of prodigals come home. I have no doubt about that, but there's going to be a lot of new folks walking these doors, and we need to be prepared to look them in the eye. Yes. And, and look them in the eye and say, look, it's okay. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. That's right. Because God can redeem and will redeem you to where you are. So, um, Pastor, I thought I wanted Josh to come up. I don't know what else to say other than I love you and I love you, and thank you for welcoming my wife and I into the, into the church, and we're glad to be here, and we love you all. Awesome. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. We can just stand all over the building. Um, such a great word. I, I'm, I don't want to add to it. Just it tore me up. You know, when he first, Tim, the funny thing is that Sunday, I thought someone mistook him for Phil. And, and I got right in his face, and I said, hi, Phil. I thought, that's not Phil. It was his older brother, and he stood up, and I knew Lisa, and they talked to me, and I'll share that conversation later. But then as we ate together and talked on the phone, and Josh, come and play just for a moment. We'll close for, um, as we talked on the phone and um, just got to know them, the story is amazing to me. And, you know, it, in, it invigorates me that God can speak like that. That is God. And that God can say that. And um, 
uh, there's a funny story I'm going to let Lisa tell later about Koth, but we'll talk about that later. Um, it's just a, my children love that part of your story too. Um, but what a fantastic word. Michael has been anointed to bring forth the word. Was that not powerful and so well presented?